Hi friends, welcome to the Arise and Shine podcast where we are calling women of strength to arise and shine in their purpose for the glory of God in every sphere of society. I'm Anianti Sanchez and I know that through this podcast, God will speak to you and show you your authority in Christ to speak life and arise and shine in your God-given purpose. Follow and subscribe to the podcast. Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. as you start your week and your workday. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, don't forget to share and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you use. To stay up to date, follow me on Instagram at Anianti Sanchez. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Arise and Shine. And this week, we're continuing our Sermon on the Mount series, which I've loved just, you know, going in depth, going into the Bible study. And again, these are like basic teachings that Jesus teaches us as his disciples, but it just is so timeless and it's still convicting. It still brings us back to, okay, Jesus, you've called me, you've, you know, I'm given my life to you. But what does that look like in the practical? What does it look like day to day? And so this series has been very practical. It's been very, um, you know, just being able to look at our lives and and just being honest with ourselves and saying, is this the way that we're living or is it not? And so we are continuing with uh, Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 5, verses 33 to 48. So this is the end of chapter 5. And again, this has been so rich, like this teaching is so rich and just so much to unpack that we really have only done like 15 verses per episode because it's just that, um, the teaching is just that rich, you know, Jesus just has so much to say. He just lays down all these foundational concepts in what it means to follow God, what it means to be following the kingdom of God and being, uh, being disciples in the kingdom of God. So uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. And this episode is all about loving your enemies. So right, that is just hard. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to follow. It's not an easy pill to swallow. Um, And so we're just going to get into it because this is This is going to be like one of those words that you're just like, ouch, but it is so necessary and it's so freeing and, you know, it just makes us more like Jesus and that's what we want to be at the end of the day. That's who we're called to become. And so, um, essentially when we're going to read these verses, we, we can't love others the way that God wants us to on our own strength. You know, we can't, our love is imperfect. Our love is partial. Human love is what I'm talking about. Human love is uh, just not unconditional. You know, we have conditions to our love. If you're nice to me, then I'll love you. If you are my friend and you do me a favor, then I'll love you. But if you, you know, if you do harm against me, if you, um, you know, if you betray me, then obviously I'm not going to love you. I might hate you, even human love, right? Um, And so if we're going to love our enemies, this is something that is so beyond our natural capacity, so beyond our flesh, so beyond what we want to do. Um, And, you know, it, it, 
it's a challenge. We have to humble ourselves and humble ourselves before God and see people how God sees them. And that means loving unconditionally and not because, you know, the Bible says we love because God first loved us. So if we don't encounter God's love, we will not be able to love people perfectly the way that he is intended. And as women, excuse me, as women who are called to arise and shine, we are free to become all that God has called us to be. And that means that if we've been unloving or selfish in the past, we have permission and we have freedom to decide today that I'm going to be loving. I'm going to, I'm going to choose today to pick up my cross. I'm going to choose today to be different and I'm not going to let the mistakes of the past hold me back or hold me down or shame me. I'm not going to let the enemy try to accuse me or guilt me to say, no, this is not who you are. This isn't the person you are. Today's a new day and this is a new day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice in it and his mercies are new every day. His mercy is new for you today. And so let's get into the scripture. So chapter 5, verse 33, I'm reading out of the ESV translation, English Standard Version. So um, he starts with talking about oaths, oaths and promises. So in the Jewish culture, people used to take oaths, you know, they used to make covenants. And this would be like basically their word, you know, it was the value of someone's word that they promised you that they would do this thing. They made an oath and the oath somehow makes it more um, official. Like it just makes it more weighty. Um, But Jesus has a criticism against this. Um, And he says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. And so it's very straightforward. You know, if you're going to do something, just say yes. If you're not going to do it, just say no. You don't have to make it all a big deal. You know, Like we all know someone who's like, oh, I swear, I swear I'm going to do this. You know, I promise, I promise I'm going to do this. Or, you know, just using all these things, it's like, well, if your word was so, if you had so much integrity in your word, then wouldn't it be enough to just say yes and then you do it and there you go? You know, you don't have to add all this stuff to it. So it's just like an added display. And Jesus is just like, we don't need all this religious, religiosity you know, to our devotion to God. Um, okay, so now we're getting into the the loving our enemies. Uh, verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, Go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And he goes on in verse 43. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. 
For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you only greet your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Who? Wow, this is this is hard. This is difficult. Um, but I love uh, in in verse forty five it says, "So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for He makes the sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust." So you know it it just shows here, uh, God doesn't play favorites. God doesn't love some, you know, he doesn't love just the good people and he doesn't curse the evil people. Um, you know, even though that's probably how the world thinks of God, right? The world thinks that God is just blessing the evil, curse, or sorry, blessing the good, cursing the evil, or even backwards, like, you know, blessing the evil and cursing the good. Um, but it says here, it's, it's basically no partiality. It's no favoritism. The sun rises on the evil and the good and God's blessing is just, you know, comes and comes and goes, you know, sends rain on the just and the unjust, makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. There's no partiality. You know, it's God's blessing is for everyone. There's no conditions to his love. There's no condition to his blessing. And so, you know, and even to go further than that, we're talking about this is this is Jesus, the Son of God, and he is, you know, in the flesh. He has come down from heaven to not only be with us and heal us of our of our diseases, but to forgive us of our sins, and not only that, but to become the sacrifice to take on the punishment that we deserved. And we are, you know, the Bible in, in the New Testament, Paul commonly refers to us that we were enemies of God, you know, the Gentiles and, um, you know, even Jews that were in sin, you know, rebelling against God, we were enemies, you know, we were the ones who would turn away from the Lord, we were rebellious, you know, we weren't, we weren't being good, <laughs> and yet God still decides to love us, you know, in, in the Old Testament, God still decides to be faithful even though Israel has been nothing but unfaithful. And if that doesn't show us the heart of God, that his love for us is not even conditional on whether we will serve him and only him. And that's that's his commandment, right? You shall love the Lord your God. You shall serve him alone. But we couldn't even do that. You know, the Israelites couldn't even with, you couldn't even hold that faithfulness and that loyalty. They kept turning away and worshiping other gods, sacrificing to other idols. And yet God said, I'm still going to come for you. I'm still going to send my son to take on the punishment that you deserve for your rebelliousness, for your uh, sins, for the things that you have trespassed against my law, even though you knew better. You know, I'm going to come in the flesh and I'm going to take on your sin. And then I'm going to invite you to follow me again. And now you have no barriers, you know. There's nothing stopping you from following me. There's nothing stopping you from, you know, full, wholeheartedly giving me 
your devotion and your love. And so it's like, that's what we have received. And if no one has explained that to you, that God loves you unconditionally, I just want to tell you this. God loves you unconditionally. He is good to you no matter what. He is for you no matter what. You know, he sent his son to die for you. Whether you believe in that or not, that is the truth. And, you know, whether you're a believer or not, believers haven't earned any special right, you know, uh, over against the unbeliever. We have the same access to him, you know. And so with the believer, we just have realized and accepted that grace. For the unbeliever, the grace is still there for those who don't believe. And it's just a matter of will you receive it or will you not? Will you have faith in Jesus or will you not? But that doesn't earn you any special, you know, oh, wow, well, I'm part of the kingdom. And we see this even in, in the gospel where the, the you know, we have the prodigal son and the son who, who stayed home and stayed faithful. The son who stayed home and stayed faithful and, you know, never left the father and, and worked for him and and stayed with him. That son thought that he had earned some special place and basically looked down upon the prodigal son because, you know, basically the son was like, well, he went and he basically called you dead. He said, you're better off dead. He took your money. He wasted it on prostitutes and reckless living. And now he's come back and you celebrate him? Like, how dare you, basically, because I've been here all along. And the father says, everything that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And what a response to give, you know, to that jealousy and that bitterness, that entitlement of just not even saying like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take it away from you. But the, but the father just says, everything I have is yours. I, I've given you everything that you need. And and you can, you know, you've had it all these years and you can still have it. Like if you want me to throw you a party, okay, cool. I'll throw you a party. So, you know, the father's love just knows no bounds. And I just want you to, to know that and receive that because if we don't know that love of God, we're going to look for it in other places. And beyond that, if we don't know the love of God, um, then we can't even love ourselves the way that God loves us, much less someone else and even much less our enemy, right? So that becomes an impossible task if we don't yet know the unconditional love of God. And yeah, and so that's that's the foundation of it. That's what we have to know. That's what we have to embrace before we can, uh, before we can begin to um, before we begin, be, begin to show the unconditional love of the Father to others, we have to embrace it ourselves. We have to know it ourselves. And so, um, just going back to what Jesus is saying, you know, with retaliation, right? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that's what the law said, the law of Moses. Um, but that isn't necessarily the heart of God, you know? And in the Bible, in, in the gospel, Jesus explains that um, God never wanted, I think we talked about this in the last episode, God never wanted divorce, but Moses allowed it because, you know, the Jews' hearts were so hardened 
that he was like, well, I guess if you have to, geez, if you have to divorce, then at least we have the decency to give a note, right? But Jesus says like, this is not God's will. He only allowed divorce because you guys were, you know, so evil essentially that you wanted to divorce your wives. And so same thing here, you know, it says, Jesus saying, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, so it's like, wait, what is Jesus changing the law? Right. But God has always been, has always had the heart of a loving father who wants us to love each other unconditionally. He wants his children to have a pure heart that not, isn't just like, you know, out to get each other or out to, you know, get revenge, but that they want to live at peace and in harmony, that we want to live in harmony with another. And he says, do not resist the one who's evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. So it's just this ultimate sacrificial love, this ultimate generous love that says, you know, hey, like if you, if you want to, you know, betray me, offend me, then, okay, I'm going to turn the other cheek, you know, if, and, and it's not like, you know, it's like that cliche saying that we hear be the bigger person, right? But, um, I think what Jesus is trying to say here is what good is it to retaliate? Like, what are you going to gain from trying to exact revenge on a person? You know, we are not the ones that are supposed to exact revenge on each other. And I know we've been there and it's so hard, you know, we're in our flesh and we're just like, if someone says something about us, you know, we want to say something back or we want to get even, right? We want to show that we're not weak or we're not, you know, going to allow someone to just treat us that way, you know, but it's like, what are we proving to the other person? right? It's like, it's what feels good in the flesh. It's what the flesh wants. But what are we gaining from that retaliation? You know, because if that person's a believer, then it's like, you know, we're setting that example to them of what Jesus, what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if that person is an unbeliever and we're a Christian and we're saying over here, yeah, God loves you, but then we're over here exacting revenge, you know, that testimony is inconsistent, right? Um, we're supposed to be like God is. And and this is how God is with us. He, even though we offend him daily, we disobey him daily, um, he doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to exact revenge on you. In fact, he did the opposite. He said, you know what? You knew my law. You knew who I was, yet you still disobeyed me. And you rejected me. And even some of us have blasphemed God, you know, and just, you know, said all these things about God in our anger and our hatred and our in our hurt. And yet God said, I'm still going to send my son for you. And you're still you're still someone that I want to, you know, die for and give my life for. 
that's what God says to us. So it's like God isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done for us. And so we're just called to do the same, essentially. And so it's like, you know, not only are we not supposed to exact revenge, but it's like we're supposed to do good to those who do evil to us because that's who God is. Not because they deserve it, not because what they did is okay, not because anything like that, but because that's who God is and that's how we're called to love. We're called to love as he loves. And obviously this is so much easier said than done. And and truly what I want to get to is that we cannot do this without, we can't do this without God. We can't do this without his spirit. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, you know, just practically, what does this look like? You know, so I would say if there's someone who has deeply hurt you and and betrayed you, and I'm talking like, you know, it was a, a, a big wound, you know, it was something in your family, you know, something in your childhood or something in, you know, you're, you're a close friend and you experienced a deep level of betrayal or just a, you know, someone sinned against you in a way that was completely undeserved, unprovoked, just came out of nowhere, you know, um, and maybe there's hatred there in your heart. Maybe there's, um, there's valid hurt there. Like, I'm not going to deny that person did you wrong, you know, um, if, if that's what you're experiencing, if that's what you have gone through. And the first thing that we have to do is confess that and confess it to God. So venting doesn't actually work. You know, studies have shown that when we vent, we actually feel more upset and we feel, you know, even more hurt. So venting, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but because it's just not effective. It doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't make you feel better. Even, yeah, it may make you quote unquote feel better, but it doesn't resolve anything in the situation. It doesn't get you to a better place. Um, so what will get you to a better place? What will get you towards your healing of, you know, being able to heal and then being able to love? And the first thing we have to do is humble ourselves before God and realize you know, hey, God, you have extended that same forgiveness and and unconditional love towards me. And, you know, even though this person really hurt me, this person deeply wounded me and, you know, hurt my trust, hurt my feelings, you know, destroyed a relationship in my life um, and broke my heart, perhaps, um, and bring that hurt before the Lord. You know, bring that hurt before the Lord and ask God to help us, help us to soften our heart again, you know, because if we leave hurt and bitterness unattended, it's going to make us hard, hard of heart. And so the way to come against that is we come before God, we release it to him, we surrender to him, we confess it, you know, we confess, Lord, I have been in unforgiveness towards this person, you know, there have been in my life, you know, in my childhood, um, my parents got divorced when I was very young and I held a lot of resentment over that for a long time. 
Um, and you know, my relationship with my mom wasn't, wasn't all the best growing up. And I had a lot of resentment towards her, towards things that she had said, things that she had done. And I was carrying that bitterness and that wound. And, you know, when we hold that grudge and I was holding that unforgiveness, it is so toxic to your soul. But I had to realize that first. I had to realize, you know, I went through Christian counseling and, you know, I'm so glad that I did. And I had to realize all this hurt that I was carrying and bring it before God. And, um, you know, at first I was like, wow, I, w- I went through all these things. I suffered all these things and it was valid. But then it turned into just like holding a grudge, holding unforgiveness, holding bitterness. And I had to understand that the person that is most affected by my unforgiveness is me and also my relationship with my mom. But I was the one that was suffering the most. And, you know, we have to get out of this cycle. And I started confessing my unforgiveness to um, my leaders, to my peers and, and letting them know like, hey, I need I'm working on forgiving this person. You know, I have to forgive them. And honestly, the more I confessed that, the more I confessed that to God and to others, the more I, my, my heart began to soften and my heart began to heal. And this is biblical. This is in James. Uh, James 5.16 says that we have to confess our sins to each other. And pray for each other so that we may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And, you know, I'm just going to say it. Unforgiveness is a sin. You know, Jesus says this very clearly. If we don't forgive others, we will not be forgiven. And that is like, oh my gosh, you know, it's not just a, it's not just a suggestion. It's a command. And it's, it's because it's what's good for our souls. You know, it's not totalitarian. It's like, unforgiveness will destroy every ounce of love you have in your heart it just really will um and not only that but when we're hurt you know hurt people hurt people and that's really what happens is our unforgiveness you know we think we're righteous in that but really it's hurting us and then we hurt others we're not we we don't trust others we lash out against others you know we say things that we don't mean or things that we do mean and and, you know, we say hurtful things. Sorry, I'm just drinking some tea. <laughs> it's all like cozy and cold now. So I'm just, I'm so happy about that. Um, but anyway, when we're hurt, we can't help but to hurt other people when we're hurt. And, um, you know, in the same way, healed people heal people. And so when I get healed when I do what I need to do to heal my heart, then I can turn and now heal others. I can turn and now speak words of life, speak words of healing over others. And so we have to first, that first step is that forgiveness. And we have to humble ourselves before God and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me and, and begin to confess our sins begin to confess our our hatred or unforgiveness our bitterness towards others and you know watch and see how your heart will begin to soften and the next thing is praying for that person you know we have to pray for them it's so hard 
Like it is impossible to, you know, pray for someone and still feel that hatred for them. You know, we have to see that they're a child of God. You know, they are made in God's image. They are not the devil's child. (laughs) You know, they're not a demon. They're a child of God and they may have done some horrible things. They may have done some hurtful things, but at the end of the day, God loves them. God forgives them and we have to do the same and we have to begin to pray words of blessing over them as much as we don't want to, but that is us putting to death our flesh it's us dying to ourselves and picking up our cross and loving people as we are called as we are also loved by God. And so this is what we have to do. Um and so what are some other practical things? You know, obviously like I was talking about very deep seated hurt and that is so so key so important. But other things like, you know, we can't tear down other people on social media. You know, we can't tear down other women. We can't think in our heads, you know, terrible things. Um, Because simply we don't know what battles people face behind closed doors. And so we have to be kind. And beyond that, again, they are God's child. They are made in God's image. Um, You know, we see people on social media and we think one thing about them, but we don't know their lives. We don't know, you know, what they go home to. We don't know what things, what things they carry, what burdens they carry, even though they don't show it. And so we can't, just begin to tear the people down, even if we disagree with them. Um, you know, saying negative comments to people who don't agree with you, whether it's on social media or, or otherwise, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is this showing the love of Christ? Like very simply put, are we showing them the love of Christ? If they are a believer, if they're not an, a believer, especially if they're not a believer, you know, we have to show the love of Christ. We are we are the hands and feet of Christ. We are the ambassadors for Jesus. What we do is what un- unbelievers see as this is who Christians are. This is what God is like. You know, we set the example. And so those are practical things that we have to take those steps. And when we do these things, we become more like him. We become more like God. And again, we have to encounter God's perfect love for ourselves And so, you know, I just want to circle it back to that, you know, if you feel like, man, I've never encountered God's perfect love in that way, I challenge you this week, you know, uh, before you do all that other stuff, before you, you know, confess that unforgiveness or begin to pray for that person, begin to ask God, God, show me the unconditional love that you have for me, you know, show me the weight of my sin, show me uh, just the depths of your forgiveness for me. And as he begins to reveal that to you, your heart will become soft and then you'll be able to, you know, I would say confess as well first and say, God, I've had this unforgiveness. Show me, show me, please forgive me, Lord, for my unforgiveness and show me, Lord, um, the depths of your forgiveness for me. You know, the Bible says, Uh, he casts our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. And it's like, we can't even fathom that, right? But it's like, God doesn't even remember our sins. You know, when he forgives, he doesn't even remember. He doesn't call it back. He doesn't keep score. And that's something that we have to emulate as well. It's like, 
Are we keeping score against the people in our lives who have sinned against us, you know, against our quote-unquote enemies or frenemies, whatever it may be? Because God doesn't do that with us. He simply forgets and he moves on. And he doesn't look at us with our sin in mind. He looks at us with his son in mind. And that is the type of heart we have to carry in our relationships. And when we do that, we'll find that our heart is so much lighter. You know, we're able to see people the way that God sees them. And it's not easy, but it is, you know, this is what Jesus says, great is your reward in heaven. You know, we are rewarded for this love. And, and you know, if we just love those who love us, there's nothing special to that. There's no reward to that. Um, and so he says, you must be perfect. And perfect is a word for complete as well as your heavenly father is perfect. Like we have to emulate this unconditional love to this broken and hurting world. And, and that's what we have to show them who Jesus is, who Christ is. And so I encourage you this week, encounter the love of God for yourself know that you are forgiven, know that you are free to be all that God has called you to be, that you're free to be loving, you're free to love your enemies, to bless those who curse you, and to deny your flesh, um, to die to your flesh, die to yourself, and become fully who God has called you to be. And, you know, be part of this kingdom of heaven and be an ambassador for Jesus to the world and 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 to you know other believers and that's what the bible says Jesus says they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another and if we're you know getting in all these hostilities and arguments within the church and people see that man they don't want to be a part of that they don't think that's that's something they want to be a part of that's not Jesus to them that's not God to them we have to love one one another in the church as well. We have to get over our silly little arguments and our silly silly little drama and forgive and see them as God sees them and just, you know, move on and focus on us, heal ourselves, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Do we want to be that kind of person or do we want to heal people? Do we want to be healed? We have to seek our healing. And so I encourage you this week, encounter God's love again in a fresh way confess that unforgiveness confess you know anything that you've been withholding big or small and pray for others pray for those who it is hardest for you to pray for so i encourage you lord help us to do this give us power through the holy spirit in jesus name amen Thank you so much for listening. If you were encouraged by this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at Sanchez to stay up to date. Love you and see you next Monday.